This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. And it's that time. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. It is a live show today uh, here in the Denver area, which if you look out the window, very beautiful out. The trees, we have, honestly, as much color down in the lower elevations as the high country does anymore. It didn't look like that when I was a kid, by the way. Did it, Charlie? It was not the same back then as it is now. So uh, very fortunate. A lot more trees in the city, uh, as far as that goes, is much prettier than it used to be. So got a lot in store for you today, as we always have. Any questions you may have when it comes to Ready Radio, preparedness, you know, getting ready for the what-ifs of life, you're welcome to call in, 303-477-5600, Feel free to send us a text message as well. If you've got a text, either an idea, question, anything along those lines, you can do that as well, 307 200 307 282.22. So again, appreciate all of you that listen each and every day and week and some of the things that you send me as suggestions. I also appreciate that very much. And before I get started today, I did want to make a note. Uh, Alan Stack, Stack Optical, who I haven't talked about as much probably as I should have. It was at his shop earlier this week. Going to have some things done for myself. And number one, one of the best Places in town to get eyeglasses, I believe, anywhere, including the eye exam. They've got a great deal on that as well, and one of the best doctors around when it comes to the exam itself. But then when it comes to the glasses, so many different choices. And for those of you that do things in the outdoors or work on vehicles or shooting or anything along those lines, Alan was showing me some things this past week whereby if you're a shooter, for example— and if you're somebody like myself where, uh, without context, I have to wear a bifocal lens if I'm going to read and then see the distance at the same time. And, of course, when you're trying to shoot and do things like that with bifocals, it becomes very weird. He has a fix for that. He actually have a, has a special set of glasses that he can make for you, lenses, I should say, for your glasses. In fact, he can do a frame that's interchangeable. So if you're going to shoot, you slip in these particular lenses into your frames that would be everything from a reading glass to sunglasses to you name it, and safety glasses to boot. In this particular lens, you have the ability to just move your head ever so slightly to see distance and the sights. So if you use open sights, for example, or scope, you can go back and forth depending upon how you're going to shoot, what style you're using, and so on, all with the same pair of glasses on. So just put a plug in there for Alan, a great guy. Stop by there uh, in Denver for 50-plus years now, 303-321-1578. And they are essentially off of I-25 Evans East to Monaco, right on the corner shopping center there. They are on the southwest corner. Can't miss it. Very convenient in town. Even from my place in Golden, I can get to Alan's place in, in less than a half an hour, and that's in midday traffic, no problem. So, uh, again, if you want anything done eyeglass-wise, you know, being prepared. We've talked about in the past even making sure that in your, your bug-out bag or whatever you've got, if you're somebody that really depends on, on eyeglasses to see, which most do if you've got trouble with reading or seeing distance or whatever, you're going to need a set of glasses. He's got the ability to get you all set up with that in many different fashions, and literally, I mean, so many different choices now from what it used to be 
it's it's just it's just incredible. So stop by, say hi to Alan. Make sure you told, make sure you tell him that I sent you. I'll be in there again on Monday. I'm going to order some of the things that we just that I just spoke to you about. I'm going to get a set of the glasses that he's got that have all of the interchangeable lenses. And real quick, I also want to add something to that. A lot of companies do interchangeable lenses, Oakley and so on. My problem with those particular types of frames is as they get a little older, you can even drop the sunglasses and the lenses will go flying. The ones that Alan has will not. They are way more robust than anything you're going to go buy off of, the, off of a normal sunglass you know, shelf and, and all of that. Plus, he can put the prescription lenses in them accordingly. Or, in my case, I want a pair of sunglasses where they are non-prescription and or if I don't want to put my contacts in early in the morning to just go outside and do different things, he's going to make me a set of lenses that are prescription. So I will have both. And he can do all of that for you as well. So, again, that's, uh, that's Alan Stack. Go by and say hi. Um, one thing I wanted to get into today, this is actually something that producer Ann sent me. And we've talked a little bit about this. And we did sort of this topic last week. We had a special guest on. But... There is an article she sent me. This is from LittleHouseLiving.com. LittleHouseLiving.com. Never been to the website before. Never seen it. Never seen this article. She sent it to me, but I thought, you know, there's a lot of things in this article she sent that I think work very well for us on Ready Radio. Of course, she did too, or she wouldn't have sent it to me. The title of this particular article on Little House Living is 23 Frugal Tips from the Great Depression You Need to Know. Now, a lot of us didn't grow up in the Depression, okay? Now, I know there's some of you listening that had parents that did. In my case, it was my grandparents that went through the Great Depression. I did not. My uncle and my dad tell me a lot about some of the things that were happening sort of towards the end of that. You know, they were born in the early 40s, late 30s, early 40s, and things were really starting to, you know, kind of come back and change at that point in time. But they will, they tell stories all the time. And I heard stories directly from my grandparents when they were alive about things that happened during the Depression. Um, And this is probably why I am the way I am today. I come from a very long line of what I feel are hard workers. During the Depression, there was a lot of folks that had no job. They couldn't find one. Between my grandmother and my grandfather on my dad's side, they had three jobs. My grandfather worked two, and my grandmother had one by herself. They actually had three jobs. Now, were they rich and wealthy going through the Depression? No, but did they make it? Yes, they did. And they, my grandfather was just one of those industrious individuals that had a knack for knowing how to take care of things and fix things and so on. And he was, he was that type of individual that was needed— and in turn had two jobs. My grandmother was a bookkeeper, was that for the majority of her life. And again, that was something that people even during that time still needed. I feel like, and a lot of you listening will agree with me, especially with the last three generations, I'm guessing, not four, but at least the last three generations, we have, lo- we have lost the knack for how to fix things on your own how to do things on your own. We are, we are such an instant society now that instead of fixing something, we throw it away and replace it. Instead of, you know, hemming a garment, we just throw it away and go buy another one. Instead of fixing a particular item around the house, we just throw it away and go buy another one. 
everything in this world today has become so instant gratification that a lot of folks have lost that ability or never knew the ability to repair things, to fix things. I, I, I'm very fortunate. I grew up differently than that. I had a father and uncles and my grandfather I just mentioned, and this was on both sides, my dad and my mom's side, where because probably of coming out of that, that depression era, you, you saved a lot of things. You didn't really throw anything away. If it could be reused again or repurposed, you kept it, you used it. And so what I want to get into this hour is I've got 23 things we'll go through, but what I'd like to throw out there to all of you is if there are things that you learned from either your grandparents or your parents, depending upon how old you are, and you would like to share that with the rest of the public, call in or send me a text message. The studio line again, 303-477-5600. You can text us at 307-200-8222. But you may have a particular thing that you you know you know works and it's a way to save money or be more prepared or whatever the case may be we learned a lot last week about how to preserve food when there's no refrigeration things i did not know if you missed that episode by the way go back onto the website ready-radio.com and listen to it i learned a lot about what you do to preserve food and there's many things that you can do, and they did for years and years and years until we had refrigeration. And I'm not saying refrigeration is a bad thing because I love going to the – I'm so old, I still call it the icebox. But, you know, I love going to the refrigerator or the icebox and pulling out the things that you want that are nice and fresh and cold, and away you go. It wasn't always that way, and, and I, I understand that. So 23 frugal tips from the Great Depression. In some cases, these will save you money, and in other cases, these will just help you in life in general. Number one, and I've never done this, make your own cleaning products. So you don't always have to go out and pay for overpriced cleaning products that usually contain too many harmful chemicals, which is true. Instead, it's better to make your own cleaning products at home, and in a lot of cases, you get the same results. Now... I don't have all these recipes. We're going to put this article up on the website where you can go through and look at these things yourself so you can figure out these quote-unquote formulas or recipes. And again, if you've got the time and the ability and, and or just the yearning to learn, there are lots of things you can make on your own. And I say I've never made you know cleaning products. That's probably not 100% true. You know, I've I've had things over the years where you might combine you know, a couple of different things, or you take vinegar, which is also a good cleaning agent, and you know do a little, do a little few little things along those lines. Bleach, by the way, is also another great cleaning agent, depending upon what you're doing. At any rate, there's ways to make your own cleaning products without going out and spending a boatload of money on it. And why is that important? Even in a time of crisis, or we get you know you have an end of the world type situation, we have learned. Over the years, the better the hygiene, the healthier everybody is. One of the, one of the best things that happened in, in this new world we all live in now is the fact that we live in a lot cleaner world than we ever did. Don't let anybody out there ever tell you that our world is dirtier now than it used to be. Far from it. Even the air we breathe 
despite what all the greenies will run around and tell you, the air we breathe is cleaner today than it was in, say, medieval times, for example. We all forget that at one time, the only way people heated their homes was with burning wood or coal or things along those lines. There was no electricity. There wasn't a power plant generating electricity, clean electricity, by the way, which is even what our coal plants today do, and then sending that out through transmission lines coming into each individual house. We didn't have natural gas lines. Nobody even knew what that was. Nobody knew what oil was. At one point in time, they burned whale oil for light. we, We tend to forget, especially the greenies do, of all these modern conveniences that we have that they, by the way, want to eliminate and send us back to the Dark Ages. There's a reason they called them the Dark Ages. And I'm, I am thankful. I wake up every morning thankful I didn't live then. What a miserable time, in my opinion, to live on this earth. No fun whatsoever, in my opinion. In fact, all the movies you see, no one had any fun, for the most part. And I, I don't want to live in a world like that. I'm very thankful that we live in the times we live in. And we do live, despite what a lot of people may think or tell you, We live in a very clean society today, especially in the United States of America. I've been to parts of the world where it's not so clean. And people die at early ages because of it. We are very fortunate to live the way we do and have the modern, you know, just fresh water running out of a faucet to wash our hands in. We we don't realize how 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 thankful we should be daily for some of the amenities we have. You know, being able to have a toilet to go to the bathroom in that flushes and all of that waste goes away and we're not surrounded by it. I mean, there are so many things that we have in our favor that we forget about that in a time of crisis we would still need to do. So, yes, learn how to make your own cleaning supplies. Number two, this one, this one I, I sort of looked at and thought, how many people don't know how to do this? But learn basic sewing skills. I guess I'm a weirdo. I can remember from an early age, probably because my grandparents went through the Depression, I can remember going over to my, my grandma's house, my mom's, gra- my mom's mom, my grandma, and I can remember Charlie sitting around on a Saturday night watching Hee Haw, and my grandma was darning socks for my grandfather. And you'd ask, you know, what are you doing? Of course, she had back then light bulb, which they weren't the squiggly things we have today. They were, you know, incandescent round light bulb. She'd have a light bulb inside the heel of the sock and she'd have a needle and thread out. And sometimes we'd have to thread the needle because my grandmother couldn't see that well by then. So, you know, come over here and thread this needle. So we'd learn at a very early age how to thread a needle. And then she would darn socks. And that's how I learned. Can I darn a sock? I sure can. I watched her do it enough and got to the point where she said, okay, your turn. You try it now. And quite frankly, how many kids today know how to darn a sock or even know what that means. I'm guessing, Charlie, not very many. Again, you you put a hole in your sock, and I'm as guilty of this as anyone. Put a hole in your sock, you throw it away and go buy a new one. Nobody darns socks anymore. What if you didn't have a new one to buy? You would need to know how to darn a sock. Because let me tell you what, going barefoot with no socks at all, especially in winter, would stink. So learning some of these basic skills, and that... It's not just darning of socks. It's sewing on a button. How do you fix a zipper? How do you hem up a pair of pants? How do you take in a particular item of clothing if it's too big? Where do you take it in at? There's just basic skills that, in fact, do they even teach us anymore, Charlie? 
<laughs> Charlie says you take it to the tailor. <laughs> yeah. Well, there may come a time where that tailor doesn't exist. Or the tailor that did starts teaching other people how to do it again. Because, again, that's another almost lost art. Unless, unless you're a, a, a man wearing a suit or you're getting a wedding dress you know, taken care of or something along those lines. Charlie, how many custom you know, sets of clothing are even made anymore? I'm guessing it's rare. Yeah, guys will still get shirts and suit jackets and pants and things like that done, but finding a good tailor isn't what it used to be. So learn some basic sewing skills. Where do you do that at? I, that I don't have a resource on. I was just going to say, watch some videos. Charlie just said YouTube. You could probably watch a lot of videos and get a pretty good idea as to how to So I, I know I'm not a weird kid. I actually took home ec in school, in high school. Not because I wanted home ec, I just wanted to be around the girls. And I actually learned how to sew. One of the things we had to do in home ec was sew a dress. I can take a pattern and sew a dress. Not something I do on a daily basis. Haven't done it in 40 years probably or more. Could I do it though? I think it's like riding a bike. It's one of those things once you learn how and you get back into it, it isn't going to take very long to remember how to do it. It's probably more today learning how to run the machine that you have versus doing anything else. That's another thing to think about. How would you sew if you had no electricity? There were the old sewing machines where the pedal ran off of your foot. Those are antiques now. How would you sew with a machine if you had no electricity? Fire up the generator? I mean, what do you do? But again, these are things that you need to think about because if and when that time came, how do you survive? We're only through number two. I'm going to try to whip through the the rest of these as we go through the show. I got a text message in a moment ago. I'll read that through this break. Don't go anywhere if you got something you'd like to add to the list. And I don't know if it's even on the list because I haven't been through all these yet. But if you want to throw something onto the list, feel free to do so. 303-477-5600. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. If you think you need a new roof, think again. I might be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a roof max treatment. Hi, this is Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado. We specialize in helping 90% of our clients avoid a costly replacement by adding at least five more years of life to the roofs, and is guaranteed with a five-year transferable warranty. However, if it makes more sense to replace your roof due to wear and tear or storm damage, we are more than happy to do so. Yet our goal is to do everything we can to get you more life from your existing roof, whether it is an asphalt shingle roof or a flat roof for both residential or commercial. Give us a call at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com, and I will assess your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Mention you heard this on KLZ 560 to receive your $250 fall discount. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat 
heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns, are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical Heating and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. When you pay your power bill, 1% of the money is used to hire people whose jobs are to increase your power bill. Never see another rate increase from big energy again when you invest with solar energy for your home with Alan Davis of Solar Energy Partners. Getting you a return for your solar investment is Alan's main priority. You may even receive a negative bill from the energy company, meaning they pay you. Allen's primary concern is saving you money with solar. Enjoy consistent rates, a 30% federal tax credit, and increased market value on your home. Allen only sells what he believes will give you a great financial return. The unprecedented rate increases are only going to continue. Locking in a lower rate now means that no matter what the government lets big energy do, you'll still pay the same rate or less for your energy. Don't pay them to raise the rates on you. Make an investment with your power. Now, make your investment today by contacting Alan at klzradio.com slash sun or by calling 303-378-7537. All right. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening. We do appreciate it very much. And you just heard an ad, by the way, Colorado Greenhouse Builders, and that is there and the next topic next two points by the way of this particular topic things from the depression fit right into what Annette does when it comes to you know Colorado greenhouse builders when it comes to greenhouses and I'll tell you one thing too I've seen some of the other greenhouses that are out there versus what they build no comparison their stuff is top notch compared to this cheesy flimsy stuff you go buy at the local big box stores there's just no comparison so if you if you want to do something that involves these next two points 
that's your ticket right there, Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Because number three is grow your own produce. And with Colorado Greenhouse Builders, you can do that year-round. You can grow fruits and vegetables. In fact, even some small fruit trees and things like that, depending upon how much room you have and how tall your structure can be and so on. You have that ability to do all of that year-round. That is number three. Grow your own produce. And I would add to that not even produce, but, I mean, produce being everything, fruits, vegetables, everything. Anything that you want to take out of a garden or fruit tree, you could grow yourself, and you should learn how to do that. And we'll have Nanette back on here in the near future talking about even the different types of heirloom seeds and so on, those things that are out there, because a lot of that has to do with what we're talking about. So we'll get her back on here in the near future and talk about that. You got a text message in. All students should take shop and home ec. Yeah. Studio Bernina has sewing classes for everyone. Kids, seniors, you can go to their website and find one uh, near you. Uh, The one in Lafayette is booked up for kids already. So, thank you, Kay. That was from Kay, our listener. Thank you. Studio Bernina, because Bernina, of course, makes sewing machines, and I'm guessing they want to keep selling them, so not a bad marketing tool on their end. Teach people how to use your machine so they'll keep buying it. Great idea. So there's there's an answer on how to learn to sew and even teach some of your young people how to sew. So, Kay, thank you for that. That's, that's great. Here's another one, another tip. If you don't have matches and for some reason you don't have a lighter and you need fire for candles and so on, use a magnifying glass during the day to keep the candles burning. Good idea. And if you're really in a pinch, you don't have a magnifying glass, some of you, depending upon your prescription, you might be able to use your eyeglasses to actually do the same thing. Another trick along those lines, which a lot of you do have, and if not, it's a good idea to have around, double-ought steel wool. So it's got the two zeros, or even one that's got three or four zeros. doesn't matter. Anything above a regular zero steel wool. You want the fine stuff. And this is going to sound really funny to a lot of people. You old-timers don't know what I'm talking about. But you can have a spare 9-volt battery. You can have a D battery, C battery. It really doesn't matter. But you take that steel wool and put it across both posts. Up and down if it's a D battery, across the top two posts if it's a 9-volt. You get my drift. That quote-unquote spark or that shorting starts the steel wool on fire. You can then put a little kindling on it, some paper, whatever, and you can start a fire that way as well. And, of course, from that, you could keep that fire going multiple ways and so on. But, yeah, double-lot steel wool and a battery, great thing to just have in your backpack or your car. You can pretty much start a fire at any point in time with that. It's that simple, that easy. Just make sure you have a fully charged battery, and that steel wool will do the rest. And It sounds weird that steel burns, but it does. It actually burns really hot, and again, you can start a fire, and that's one of the things they teach you in, when I was a kid, I don't know if they do this anymore, when I was a kid, and we had to take hunter's education, hunter safety here in Colorado, it wasn't just about gun safety. I don't know, I don't know how this is today. I haven't, you know, I took hunter's ed, 
Jeez. 50 years ago. I'm not exaggerating. Something like that. 48 years ago, probably. I have no idea how it's done today, but when we took Hunter education, my brother and I, we learned a lot of the things that I talk about even on Ready Radio when it comes to surviving, not only in the wilderness, but just surviving in general. The steel wool idea that I just gave you, we, that was demonstrated for us at Hunter Safety. They taught us as much about how to survive in the wilderness as they did gun education. I don't know if still that same way. Those of you that are listening that maybe you've had a, a spouse or a child or yourself has gone through Hunter Safety, I don't know if that's changed or what has changed. Text me and let me know or call in and let me know. I have no idea what that's like. Here, here's something else that I think is, is funny. Because I doubt if this would happen today. When I took Hunter's safety, I was probably 10 and my brother would have been 8. He's two years behind me. So 10 and 8. I mean, we're not young, but we're not old either. You're 10 and 8. My dad stayed through like the first hour of the first night of Hunter's safety and then left. You guys are on your own. See, I don't need this. And it was like a, I want to say it was like a three-night or a five, I can't remember. It was, it was, I think it was a four-night course, and the last night we had to go down to the Division of Wildlife down off of Broadway and shoot. And my dad, of course, took us, and he was involved in that. But the other nights, we did this at the Bureau of Standards up in Boulder, National Bureau of Standards. There was a, a room there that we actually had the, the course in back in that day. This would have been 1974, 75-ish somewhere in that neighborhood. And my dad just took us up, dropped us off. We walked in, went to class, handled everything ourselves, came back out. My dad was ready to pick us up. My point is, how many people would drop their 8- and 10-year-old off to go do a class like that? Most would sit through the class with them. Things were different then, let's just say it that way. But anyways, I learned a lot through Hunter Safety. And producer Ann just said, too, by the way, they are predicting... Vegetable shortages, you can't find broccoli sprouts and squashes now. And that season is hard to find, of course. And when they're in season, it's hard to find. At least this is where she is up in Minnesota. The uh, California trucking laws are getting stricter, which hurts our food supplies. Yes, producer Ann, it does. Another reason why growing some of this yourself would be a really good idea. Somebody also said, I have used LED tape lighting, maybe two foot of it, 24-volt DC rated, splice it into a D-volt tw- or a D-rated 20-volt battery, and it'll give you light for your house for hours. Same is true with any 12-volt DC tape lighting and a 12-volt DC battery. Could be a Milwaukee drill or even your car battery. Great advice, by the way. In other words, how do you get light... When there is none. Great tip. I, I, that, that one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use myself. So thank you for that one. And Anne has access to our text messages. We'll sort of put an accumulation of these together. May not be right away, but we'll put some of these things together and have these up on the website at some point as well. Somebody else said, fire kit. Cotton balls. Coated with Vaseline in a sandwich bag lasts a really long time. Yeah, the Vaseline is a petroleum-based product. The cotton will ignite the Vaseline, and there you go. There's another idea for you. 
Uh, also, hand sanitizer, very flammable. If you've never seen that work, you can squirt it out on a counter and light it up, and it'll sit there and burn until it's not there any longer. Don't do that on a Flamica top, or you'll burn the top. You could throw it in a, you know, if you want to try that out, go take a cooking pan or something and put some in it and give it a whirl, and you'll see exactly what I mean. All right, continue on with our list from the Depression. Talked about growing your own produce, preserving it. We talked about that last week, so I'm not going to hit that a lot because we did an entire, like, 45 minutes last week on how to preserve your food. Lots of ways to do that. And there's a lot of not only devices like we talked to last week, but there's also ways to do that, and you should know how to. One thing that Annette is big on, and again, we will have Annette back on from Colbert Greenhouse Builders, is growing your own herbs. There's a lot of herbs out there that have medicinal value. And knowing which ones to grow and what to use them for is a very valuable thing to have. Something even that I need to remind myself of. Now, this is something else, too, that we should think, you know, that everybody should think through. Right now, Charlie said it a moment ago, we want to learn how to sew, go look at YouTube. Well, if we have an end-of-the-world type scenario, big EMP strike, all the servers are down, we have no electricity, what YouTube video are you going to watch? There won't be any internet. You won't be watching anything. So having some of this documented or learned ahead of time or somehow stored where you could easily retrieve it, download it, save it, store it, I would advise you do some of that. Otherwise, you're not going to have access to some of the things that we're talking about. John and Cheyenne, what's up, sir? Hey. Hey, man. Quick thing. My my favorite fire starter. You take a cardboard egg carton, fill it with dryer lint, and cover it with candle wax and cut it up. One of those cups will start a fire oh, good anywhere. Idea. Great idea. And and then and they'll last forever. Because, I mean, once you pour the wax over it and let it dry and cut them up, you know. I yeah, it's good, for, it's good to go. Great. Yeah, good, great point. The other thing is go to um, – most of, like, hardware stores and stuff still have Strike Anywhere matches. They do. Good point. You know, they are the perfect length for a pill bottle. They if you are. you go to your local pharmacy and say, hey, you got a pill bottle this long, and you show them the length, if they charge you, it might be a dime. But the guy at the Walmart in Cheyenne, I said, I need two. He said, here you go. Have a good day. Nice. You know, they, they don't cost it. And you just... Put your matches in there yep. and take a and close it up. The pill bottle's almost completely waterproof. Pretty close to it. I John. mean, if you soak, yeah. So that right there, throw that in your day pack, and you've got a fire forever. Yep. The other thing is, everybody today, with what's coming over the weekend, Sunday, Monday, and yeah, it's going to hit the mountains. Should be thinking about if you lose power for the next seven days, what do you have to survive? Correct. Correct. I mean, all you have to do is look at how many people got got in trouble in Florida during the last hurricane. That could have used, if they had a seven-day survival kit, they probably would have been fine. Most people, John, would be lucky to have seven hours of survival. <laughs> I'm not and exaggerating. here's the other thing right now. Um, I mean, I, know, think, right I think, John, there are some off- people, I'm, I'm not one of them, but, and you aren't either, but I think there's some folks mm-hmm. out there that if it's, if you know, if they're done with this meal, they're they're trying to figure out what to do the next one because there's nothing there. 
Yep. And, and, and really quick, John, it's not because, in a lot of cases, it's not because they're poor. It's just because they're used to going to get the next meal whenever that time arrives. Yep. A couple of things you could do for that is right now is the off-season kind of. Hunting season's winding yep, down. Pretty much camping done. season's winding down. Yep. Go to your, uh, wherever you go, your freeze-dried backpacking meals, which usually have like a use-by date of like 2045 or something. Correct. Buy a couple of them. Throw, them. throw them in your box. I have enough for like four nights on the trail just in storage. But if I go into a gear shop or a camping store or even Walmart and I see the ones I like on, mm. you know, there, I'll grab one because I know I can use it next Great summer. Idea. Great but idea. But if you lose power and everything, all you need to do is be able to boil water. Yeah, I mean, honestly, John, water, as, as far as that goes, and I know this sounds really cheesy, but, you know, you can typically buy a case of ramen noodles for not a lot of money, have that stored uh, away in the pantry. Worst comes to worst, you could survive yeah. on ramen noodles for seven days. Oh, yeah. We we take those backpacking as, like, if we're doing a long-haul hike, you know, like 10, 12, 15 miles. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not. Like I mean, pre- would I want to eat them seven days in a row? No, but could you? Yeah. No. Yeah, oh, absolutely, and they're good for, like, a pre-dinner dinner. You know Correct. what I mean by that? Yes. You know, those are great. The other thing, a couple of other things, real quick, that if you have in your pantry, it'll save you a lot of time, and is some instant oatmeal, just boil water, good and idea. you're good to go. Yep. And canned soup. Open a can of soup. All you got to do is heat it up in the, you could probably even heat it up in the can, like, Used to see the whole you know, most canned soup, movie. John, have really pushed cane to a shove. It's already pre-cooked. You could eat it cold if you had to. Right. But, it, yeah, well, absolutely. But if you want something hot, that's the thing. The other thing that people don't realize is if you want a hot beverage like you and I are coffee drinkers, what is your alternate plan if your electric coffee maker doesn't work or your Keurig? Good point. Boil, you know, in my world, it's coffee grounds, boiled water, and a French press. I have one of those, too, or it's my instant coffee that I take back. That, too. I have that also. That works great. And, you know, some of the instant coffees aren't that bad, by the way. The best stuff we found, it was 100% Kona instant coffee. We found it at, uh, are you ready, John? The ABC store in Hawaii. There you go. Great. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Great coffee. Hey, have a good day. You too, John. Appreciate you very much. With that, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Keep going on our list. I'll get as many of these in as I can. And again, Ready Radio, KLZ 560. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns? Are some rooms colder than you'd like? 
Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical, heating, and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call absolute electrical, heating, and air. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. We'll look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. If you think you need a new roof, think again. I might be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a Roof Max treatment. Hi, this is Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado. We specialize in helping 90% of our clients avoid a costly replacement by adding at least five more years of life to the roofs, and is guaranteed with a five-year transferable warranty. However, if it makes more sense to replace your roof due to wear and tear or storm damage, we are more than happy to do so. Yet our goal is to do everything we can to get you more life from your existing roof, whether it is an asphalt shingle roof or a flat roof for both residential or commercial. Give us a call at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com. And I will assess your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Mention you heard this on KLZ 560 to receive your $250 fall discount. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. All right, thank you all for listening. I appreciate it very much. And one other suggestion, which this is great, comes from Kay again. 
all ninth grade high school students should have basic first aid. Yes, agree. Tenth and eleventh graders should have mountain medical here in Colorado. Also agree because a lot of kids will go up to hiking families and so on. will do that. And then she says we took archery in high school, which high school students should have a tr- should at least have a chance to try. You know, I didn't take archery, but I learned later on because my dad was an archery hunter, so I learned how to shoot a bow and all that. Still own one, still know how to shoot one to be accurate and so on. And it's a, of course, it's a learned skill as well. But you know, great point. Okay, those are there's. I think I think all kids should know some of those things, including this is going to raise some feathers, including how to shoot a gun. I know a lot of anti-gunners out there, but it's just one of those things where if you know a gun, you know how it operates, you know how to keep it safe, you'd have a lot less issues. That's my opinion. Should be also a required course, but but it's not. At any rate, things that we can learn from the Depression. Cook homemade meals whenever possible. Yeah, that just keeps your skills up, saves you money, and then when things do get to that point that you need to, you have those skills available to do so. Make food from scratch. I don't know a lot of people that do this, but it is doable. Things like baked goods, of course, pastas, any kind of a chicken stock. You can do that out of, you know, chicken bones, turkey bones, things like that. Yogurt. Yes, yogurt. I know far more about that than I probably need to. Once you get a culture started, when it comes to yogurt, and no regular cultured yogurt that you make yourself doesn't taste like Yoplait. Middle Eastern folks eat a lot of plain yogurt on rice and things like that, which, by the way, is very good. If you've never had it that way, you should try it. It's not the sugary, cold yogurt like what you would get, again, from Yoplait and all that. It's just regular, natural, cultured yogurt. And once you start a batch... You can just keep it going and going and going. How do you do that? We're going to put the recipes up for you in this article as well so you can learn how. Smoothies, jams, even peanut butter you can make yourself. Granola bars you can make yourself. And, of course, there's all of the sauces, dips, salad dressings, and the like. Yeah, lots of things can be homemade. We just sort of get used to going to the store, picking it off the shelf, and dragging it home. And what we've learned on Wellness Wednesdays on Rush to Reason is... When doing that, you end up with a lot of ingredients in it you don't necessarily need and aren't healthy for you. Making it yourself, two things I have found. One, you can usually eat a little more of it than you would the store-bought item because it doesn't have all the things in it the store-bought stuff has, which means even your calorie count is less, and it, in a lot of cases, tastes better. Okay, number eight. Substitute meat with cheaper protein sources. We just talked about that. Peanut butter being a great protein source. Nuts are high in protein. So there are all sorts of ways that you can do that if times are tough where you don't necessarily have to have, uh, you know, rabbit, squirrel, deer, elk, all that kind of stuff. Live animals. You can get them from eggs even. Nuts. Dairy, lentils, beans, and so on. Number nine, make use of kitchen scraps. You can use citrus peels, for example, to make homemade cleaning solutions. We're going all the way back to number one now. 
You can use produce and herb scraps to make stock or add them to other dishes. You can boil leftover bones into broth. I said that a moment ago. You can grind the heel of your bread or loaves into any leftover bread for breadcrumbs and use it for a topping on casserole, salad, and so on. Some of us like the heels. I'm one of those. I know. I'm a weirdo. I'll actually eat the heel of the bread. Charlie's looking at me like, really? Yeah, I'm that guy. I'm the crust guy. I'll eat the crust. No problem. Uh, you can use bacon grease and pie crust, stir fry, anything needs the fat. Again, we're going back to depression days when nothing was thrown away. I grew up, again, especially on my mom's side where they were extremely poor growing up. And my grandmother, she was one of those that reused everything. She's the one that darned socks, made quilts, which I still have one that she made from long ago. Take, and, and that's what they did back then. They would take old pieces of garments. When you're, when you're at the point where your garment was no longer usable, no longer wearable, I should say, it was done being patched and fixed, it got caught up into a quilt, made into a quilt. They would take the good pieces, whatever that item was, dress, shirt, whatever, they would cut it up into octagons, in the case of my grandmother, and she would make a quilt out of that. So... They used everything back in the day. You can also turn eggshells and other kitchen scraps into fertilizer. Number 10, use just a dab of products. Yeah, I'm probably as guilty of that as anybody. If just a little dab will do you, I use the whole tube. No, not really, but we probably all use far more than we need to, including toothpaste, shampoo, and so on. Probably don't need near as much as we think, but we live in a land of waste, so we use far more than what we should. We were talking this morning. We had grandparents day at at the grandkids' school today, so we were all there. And we were talking how, I didn't know this, Charlie, but I guess there was an episode not long ago of Ellen DeGeneres, who all of you know who she is, and she's worth a lot of money. She's made millions of dollars. And I guess she had a show one day where she was like, why is it? I, I know I'm worth millions, but why is it that I try to get every little ounce of toothpaste out of the tube before I throw it away? I mean, she could buy a case of toothpaste and not worry about it, but she's trying to get that little, you know, every little last dab. I think for some of us, it's just a challenge. You know, I'm going to get everything out of that tube I can, which by the way, why don't they make those so you get every ounce out of it? I think they do it so there's a certain amount of waste on purpose. There are some items. My wife and I talk about this all the time. There are certain items that unless you cut the thing open, you're not getting everything out of it, which to me is a huge waste. Why not make it so you can get everything out of it? So just use a dab. That's number 10. Number 11, learn how to make simple repairs around the house. We're going to talk about some of that tomorrow morning on Fix It Radio. We do that on an ongoing basis. Yes, learn how to do small repairs yourself. Again, it's not that hard. I know some folks are more mechanically inclined than others, but even those that are less mechanically inclined can still do small repairs around the house. They just need to know how. I know I take a lot of it for granted, and sometimes I just shake my head as to, you need help doing what? I get it. Not everybody has the same background understanding, and I even struggle sometimes when I watch people use tools. It's like, that's not how that works. No, you don't hold the screwdriver like that. No, the wrench is held like this. No, you use the, pl- the pliers like so. No, you grab the handle of the hammer at the end, not up by the actual head itself. 
things like that. And I know there's even proper ways to use tools, which, again, I was very, very fortunate to be raised by a father that taught me how to do all those things the correct way. Father, uncle, and so on. Grandfathers. I know a lot of folks out there have never had that ability. To Charlie's point earlier, all of what we're talking about is on YouTube. You can look at all of the things I just said, even on how certain tools are to be held and used. And what I've learned over the years is the more you understand how to use the tool properly, the better that tool works for you. Because just because you have the proper tool, if you don't have to use it, it doesn't work properly. Mickey, what's up? couple comments on fire. Yes. One, one of the things you left out that they used to burn was poop. Oh, true. Yes, good point. Dried, dried poop. D- dung dung oh, piles, have- yes. Yes. Now there's, yeah, nasty. But it still burns. Yes. Two, uh, diesel fuel. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Old diesel mechanic showed me. The red shop rags. Yes. Take it, dip it in diesel, squeeze it out. Remember snapping towels in the shower? Oh, yeah. Snap it like that, and it'll auto-ignite. I never, I did not know that. Uh, it, it's not much fun to try, and you got to squeeze it out real well. Okay. But it will ignite. I did just, not, I, I just learned something, Mickey. Thank you. I did not know that. That's a tip that I like, did not know. To get our crawler started in the winter when it's below zero and the diesel gelled up, we'd put a fi- we'd start a fire underneath the crawler. That I've seen done many times. Done that myself, even. Well, so we just dip the rag up in the fuel, squeeze it out, snap it, and then throw it underneath the crawler. I've okay. Thank you. I never would have known that. Not. Yeah, not too many people do. Good one, Mickey. No, thank you very much. I appreciate that very much. Mike is next. Mike, go ahead. Yeah, I wait until uh, the toothpaste shrink is almost empty, and then I just, uh, you know, take the thumb and the forefinger and move it down towards the opening and then uh, go from there. And then when you get down to the very opening, I jam my thumb in there, and then I fold the tube inwards and get every absolute, yeah, you're not going to get every last last drop but uh, i know what you mean as far as uh cutting things open i'll cut open a, oh, I will too. a lotion bottle but, but mike again, bottle. you know look at yeah. the day and age we live in why isn't that easier well i don't know but it's like trying to open it's 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 easier than trying to open a cd package that's true but you'd be, good point <laughs> you, you would you would be surprised a lot of people be surprised how much lotion there's still down in there. CDs are compact discs back in the day. You could not get opened if your life depended on it. Oh, God, you'd go through all kinds of cuts. Oh, it's hilarious. I, you know, sometimes, Mike, yeah. the package is heavier than the item inside. Oh, nowadays, always. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Sometimes it's like, you know, what, is this like Fort Knox? It doesn't need to be this way. No, no, they just want to make you think you're really getting something. I guess. I guess you're right. Yeah, true. Good point. All right. right, Good ones. No, Mike, appreciate that very much. Thank you very much. we got about a minute or so left here. Number 12, learn how to upcycle furniture pieces. My wife's very good at that one, so if you need any tips on that, let me know, and I'll have her help you because, yeah, she does very well at that. Conserve your electricity usage. Uh, That one goes without saying. There's all sorts of ways to do that. Conserve water, same way. We've talked about that even before. Uh, Number 15, make your own gifts. Yeah, you know, if times get really tough and you don't have the ability to go to the store and buy something, make something. 
And sometimes those are the best, not sometimes, those are almost always the best gift because the person receiving it looks at that like, oh, they made this for me. I'm going to hang on to that. I still have some of those gifts floating around that I probably will never get rid of. Uh, Don't pay for services you can do yourself. That goes without saying. Number 17, find ways to entertain yourself cheaply. 18, buy reusable products. Yes, that one uh, I do my best to try to do. Uh, I think most do, but, you know, not everybody does. But, uh, yeah, I'm that guy. In fact, I always get made fun of by my own family because I'm the guy that will wash out the gallon Ziploc container because I know how much money those things cost. And if it hasn't had anything in it that's that dirty, I'll fold it inside out, wash it, dry it, and reuse it. Yeah, I'm that guy. Buy used or thrifted items, something else my wife is good at. Try to drive less. Um, Yeah, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Carpooling and so on, I get it. Consider bartering or borrowing instead of buying. Yeah, that one I've done the majority of my life. If you can barter with someone, I'm not a big borrower, but if you can barter something, you know, service for service, something along those lines, why not? Learn how to budget, of course, is at the end. And last but not least, start paying in cash. That's what they did during the Depression. They didn't have much credit. And what little credit they had wasn't much, so they learned then how to pay cash, and we are far from that today. So that's the tips for today, folks. Again, uh, Producer Ann will put these up on the website at some point. Give her a little time because there's a long list here, and we'll get those up, though, for you on ready-radio.com. Have a great weekend, though, and if you're listening to our replay of this, we appreciate you listening as well. Thank you so much. Ready-radio.com is our website. We'll be back next week again. This is KLZ 560. and opinions expressed on KLC 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country Station.